the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Prophetic Voice of Our Times, and um, I'm Joshua Sasso. And I'm Alexa Mendoza. And the two of us uh, were filling in for Pastor Chris this weekend, so uh, pleasure having you. Today we're going to be talking about, you know, God's been doing just a lot of really great things. Uh, me and Alexa have been holding this Bible study with the youth at Freedom Fellowship, and uh, God's been doing a lot of really incredible things. You guys can definitely be encouraged because um, the youth, they are excited about God and they're uh, really learning a lot of things that really um, even a lot of adults really haven't even caught on to. Um, a big theme, you know, that we've been talking about in this Bible study is that age really doesn't matter when it comes to God and it doesn't matter about any of your previous qualifications. It doesn't matter how old you are, whether, you know, you're too old, too young or anything. Because God can use you no matter what. So that's something that you guys can be really encouraged about. A lot of them are really excited. They would just be coming and saying, like, you know, oh, we, like I'm really excited for the Bible study next week. Or the youth would come up to me afterwards. Or, like, the parents would come to me and it'd be like, yeah, my kid, they're just so excited about this Bible study. They say they've been learning so much. So it's been really exciting to see what God's doing. And I think you guys can definitely be encouraged by that. In the Bible, you know... God never discriminated because of how young somebody was or because they weren't old enough. So we should never talk down to somebody because they are too young or we think they're too young or because we think they're not qualified. We have to look at them through the eyes of God. When God called Jeremiah, says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is Jeremiah speaking. Um, and then God said to him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah responded, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. See, God right there is saying, don't say you're too young. Don't say you're not qualified. Don't say that you're not good enough for this, because he's the one who makes us good enough. Because in reality, I mean, the Bible says that we were all dead to sin, that all fall short of the glory of God. But it is God, Jesus Christ, through his blood that made us holy, who washed us clean and made us whole. So we should never discount somebody because we don't think they're qualified. If God says that they are worthy to do it or that they are up to the task, then they are up to the task because he made them that way. The same thing happens in Samuel when Samuel goes to anoint David because Saul had sinned against God. Saul, as we know, he 
when he first started out, he was humble. He obeyed the word of the Lord. He obeyed the commands that Samuel gave him, that the Lord gave him. But as he began to rule in Israel and as he went and he ruled as the king, he began to become arrogant and he began to forsake God. He began to turn away from his decrees because he thought, oh, I know better. I know what to do. And you see, the thing is, is that the moment we start to see ourselves as like, oh, no, I've already got this sorted out. That's when we start to turn away from God. We have to keep the willingness to listen to the voice of God, because when Saul first started out, he didn't know what he was doing. So he was like, all right, God, I will do what you say. God, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it, and I will do it exactly as you told me to do it. But then when he started to rule, once he started to get comfortable as a king, then he was like, oh, no, I got this sorted out. I'll do my own thing. And you see, that's when problems happen is when we decide, oh, I'm going to do my own thing. Oh, I'm going to go and do it the way that I know how to do it because I've done this before. It's usually the things that we're the most confident in, the things that we understand the best, that we actually have to work harder to submit to God. And actually, I want you to think, what is it that we are telling God when we decide to do our own thing? Well, first off, it is a sin of arrogance, because when we decide to do our own plans, we're basically placing our plans above God's plans. We're saying and we're deciding that our own plans are greater than God's, even though God is all powerful, even though God is the one who has all the world and all the universe in the palm of his hand. But we're placing our own plans above his. And you see, even if we don't realize it by doing this, we are elevating ourselves above God. In the Bible, what was Lucifer's sin? It was a sin of arrogance. Isaiah fourteen thirteen through 15 says, You said in your heart, and this is talking about Satan, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the realms of the dead, to the depths of the pit. You hear that? He said, I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will make myself like the Most High. Satan decided to elevate himself above God, above the purpose that God had set. And that's exactly what we do when we decide to do things our own way. Here we are, we proclaim that God, it's like, oh, God is the King of Kings and God is the Lord of Lords. Yet we are unwilling to make him the Lord in our own lives. Body of Christ, if we do not repent and allow God to be the Lord of our lives, then he will forsake us just like he forsook Saul. Let us have a heart like David. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. He had a heart that sought constantly after God. And that is why God called him to be a king, even though he was considered the lowest by those around him. So... God told Samuel that he forsook Saul, and he told him to go to the house of Jesse so that he could anoint the new king. So Samuel goes, and he obeys the word of the Lord, and he goes to the house of Jesse. And so it says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 6, it says, When they arrived at the house of Jesse, Samuel saw Eliab, 
Now, Eliab was the eldest of the family. He was the oldest brother, the oldest son. So Samuel, he thought, it says that he thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. And so what happened, this means that Eliab looked the part. Even Samuel, the prophet of God, thought, oh, this must be the new king because it's like he has the stature, he looks the part, he's strong, he's tall, um, he's charismatic, he has all the qualifications. But then God said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Samuel's like, all right, well, I guess this is not him. And so he calls forth all the other sons, and Jesse has every son walk in front of Samuel. But God tells Samuel no to each and every one until there's none left. So Samuel asks Jesse, are all of these, are these all of the sons that you have? And Jesse answered, they're still the youngest, but he is out tending the sheep. And that was David. And so Jesse, David's own father, did not think that David would be picked because he's the youngest. He's the lowest of the family. But God did not see David that way. And it's important to note that um, in Israeli culture, actually, in Jewish culture, the shepherds, most people think of, you know, like men with like big burly beards and their staff. But actually, shepherds were typically the girls, the young girls of the family who had to take care of the sheep. So David was not only the youngest of the family, but he was out doing a girl's job, which in that context of the culture was a very lowly position. And so here David was at the lowest of the low, but God saw him as a king. And so, again, never should we, just because somebody in our eyes isn't qualified or in our eyes doesn't meet the standard, ever think less of them because God can make them worthy, just like he made David worthy. And so what happens? They call David in and Samuel anoints David to be king of Israel. And the same thing happens later in David and Goliath. David tells Saul he says, you know, we know the story of David and Goliath. Goliath comes out and he starts to say curses against Israel and curses against God. And David hears this and he says, why is this Philistine doing this? I'm going to stop him. So he goes to Saul and he says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. But what, what does Saul say back to him? Saul says, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. See, Saul, again, is looking in the natural. He's looking in the realm that he understands, because in his eyes, Goliath is a huge giant. He's been fighting as a warrior since the days of his youth, and David's just a young shepherd boy. What is he going to do against it? But again, David was acting in the spiritual realm. He knew that God was with him. And so it's important to know, remember, God is the one who qualifies God is the one who raises up. And so we should never count somebody else out just because we don't think they're qualified. And we, you should never count yourself out either. Because regardless of the place that you're in now, God can use the lowest of the low to do the miraculous. I think a great quote that plays off of what you're saying is, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called and that's something great to remind ourselves, regardless of who we are 
or how old we are, we've been constantly telling the kids in the Bible study that God will use you regardless of what the world views you because he sees your potential. And that's how we need to see ourselves as the body of Christ. Individually, we need to see our potential as how God sees us. Now, a lot of times, those who are older in the church often look down at those who are younger. And something to keep in mind is that there is nowhere in the Bible that God says, Thou art too young, you cannot do this, or thou art this and that because of your age. The only thing that the Bible says that God truly looks at is at the heart. Like it says in First Samuel, the Lord looks at the heart, and that's it, just the heart. So what do we really need? We need hearts that are sold out for God. Personally, in my life, when the Bible study first began, I think I was probably 12-ish, around that age. And I remember when God first touched my life. When he first revealed himself to me personally, that he isn't how others in the church make him out to be with their doctrines, that they display him as a boring God. But God really revealed himself as a true loving God who is fun and cool. And that's something that the kids in the Bible study got to see firsthand. After experiencing God, they honestly and earnestly wanted to spend time with God. And when we asked them, what has God told you or what has he instructed you to do? They said things along the lines of, he wants me to watch less TV or spend less time playing video games and spend more time with him. Just with that answer alone, you know and you know that God has spoken to them for sure. And the thing is, with those instructions, they aren't reluctant to obey those instructions. In fact, they're eager and excited to spend time with God. During the Bible study, actually, there was one kid in particular who would come up to teacher Josh and teacher Alexa and just be like, are we, are we going to lie down and do that thing where we pray and uh, spend time with God? And we'd be like, yeah, don't worry, don't worry, we're going to do that. And, you know, another hour would go by and be like, are, are we going to do that? Are we still doing it? And we're like, yes. And he's like, okay, okay, because I really want to do it. That's how spending time with God should be for the youth is that we should want to spend time with God. A lot of older people in the church are wondering, why aren't the youth wanting to come to church? Well, here's the answer. It's because you're putting out religion in the place of God. Rather than revealing God for who he is and how great and awesome he is, you're showing up with these doctrines and these yokes and whatever of, this is what God is. He's a God of this and that and that. But instead, you're not showing them the true love of God, but rather how you depict God. King David, even at a young age, he knew who God was. He had a heart that sought after God. And that's what God saw in him. That was the potential he had that led him up to be the king of Israel. So in this Bible study, Josh and I, we personally saw the potential that each and every one of these kids had as kings and priests. Yeah, and it's been really rewarding to see how 
when we were young, somebody was willing to reach out and touch us and show us really the love of God and show really the awesomeness of God and how personal God was. And to go from that to where it's to where our lives were changed and now to see that we have the same opportunity to do it to other young men and women, it's really been just really rewarding and really something incredible to see. And God is really raising up this young generation. You see, a lot of people think that we've lost the younger generation, but really the younger generation is not lost. There are people out there, there are young people out there that are hungry for God and really want to experience God in fullness. He's really raising up a generation that will be like Daniel. If we if we look back at the story of Daniel, you know, what happened to Daniel? We know the prophet Jeremiah prophesied that Israel would be in captivity, and that's what happens at the beginning of Daniel. The Babylonians take over Israel, and they begin to take Israel's young people into their custody. In Daniel 1.3, it says, The king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Now, so what happens is he takes all these Israelites, and they were young men without any physical defect. They were handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians, and the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. So these were the best of the best, the best of the young men and women from the Israelites, from the Jewish people. And uh, King Nebuchadnezzar took them into his service so that they could learn the ways of Babylon and be his servants. And among those people, there was Daniel, and there was Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego. Now, you all know this story. You've probably heard it before. But what happens is that Daniel decided that he wasn't going to defile himself with the royal food and wine because it was not according to the customs of the Jewish people as outlined in the laws of Moses. So it says in Daniel 1.8, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. So what happened? He asked the official if he could not have to eat the king's food, but instead just eat vegetables and fruit and drink water so that he could not defile himself, but he would be honoring God. And so um, after some negotiation, the official finally agrees, but it's only if they go to a certain challenge, which is that after a certain number of days, Daniel and his friends would be compared to the other Israelites. And whichever one looked better, then they ended up only eating that food. And what happens is that Daniel and his friend Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego actually looked healthier, and they looked stronger than the ones who just ate the king's food. So what happened here? What happened is that Daniel decided that he was going to follow the commands of the Lord, regardless of what was happening around him. And what about the others? The others were all Israelites, were they not? We know that um, all these Israelites, they were young Israelite Jewish people, and they were all taken into Nebuchadnezzar's custody so that he could teach them the ways of Babylon. But only Daniel and his friends decided to stay true to the ways of God. You see, they were all believers. There are many Christians or so-called Christians who call themselves Christians, but they act like the world. They do things like the world does. They don't actually act like a follower of Christ. Just like all these Israelites that, I mean, 
they knew that they were going against the traditions of that were laid out in the laws of Moses. They knew that they were eating food that was considered unclean at the time, but they went through and they did it because, you know, that's what everybody else was doing. And so, but God is setting apart this generation to be like Daniel and to be set apart. We can't be a Christian in name only. Did you ever hear, do we ever hear anything about all these other Israelites that were taken in by the Babylonians? No. If you want to be used mightily by God, you have to be called to a higher standard. You can't just live life the way that you want to. You have to actually set yourself apart and consecrate yourself before God. In the Bible study, you could tell that God was setting apart the kids who were there. Why? Because he longed for them to spend more time with him. Now, why do they need to spend more time with him? Something that we're telling the kids is that God made us for a relationship with him. It's a two-way street. And so God is giving to them, but at the same time, they need to give to God. So for those of you out there who want to have that relationship with God, that you want to be set apart, you want the reward that God is blessing people in the Bible, such as Daniel, with that esteem and honor, but you're not even willing to partake in the duties and the activities that you need to acquire that. In James 4.8, we talked a lot about that with the kids. That was one of the consistent verses that we spoke about to the kids. And that is, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And so what that is saying is that when we start to spend time with God, when we start to draw near to him, he can't withhold himself from us. He gives to us himself. It's in his nature. That's just who he is. And so the kids, they did that personally. They drew near to God and they experienced God for who he is. That's why they're so excited about going to a Bible study. That's why they didn't dread coming to the Bible study. Because they experienced God. It wasn't just a bunch of hoo-ha that Josh and I talked to them about that this is God and this is God and that's God and here's a list of things you need to do in order to receive God or experience God. No, it was literally them taking that one single step of, God, I want this. I want you. And because of that, when God saw that the, in their hearts that their intent and their motives were pure, he couldn't help himself. So in that same manner... In the way that he couldn't help himself from them. He can't help himself from you if you choose to spend time with him. If you seek after God, if your heart desires him, you need to take that first step and start spending time with him, just as it says in James 4, 8. Draw near to God. And without a doubt, he will draw near to you. So, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for those who are drawing near to you at this very moment, for those who are listening, who want you more, God. Father, I thank you that you are taking them to the next level, that you are revealing more of yourself to them, God. We thank you for transformations being made, Lord. And for those who don't know you, Father, I thank you, God, that you in this very moment, are stirring their hearts and you're showing them what you truly are, who you truly are, God. That you aren't a boring God, but 
that you are a God that is amazing, that you are a God that is awesome and cool and exciting, Lord. I thank you for the transformations that you've made in the younger viewers, for the younger listeners, God, that they will be excited and encouraged, God, that they will move forth within this world, Father, that this generation is not lost in Jesus' name, that regardless of whatever other people say, Lord, that they will stand strong in Jesus' name. And, Father, we thank you that in the name of Jesus, all the plans of the enemy are bound, that they will not have any motion, that whatever the plans of the enemy are, that they will fail in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, for this, all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we're about out of time for today. Um, if you were touched by this message, please feel free to call us. We want to hear from you. Uh, we have a new phone number. You can call us at 210-396-7891. Again, that's 210-396-7891. Also, if you're in the San Antonio area, feel free to join us for one of our services. We meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. and every Wednesday evening at 630 for training and intercessory prayer. Uh, God's really been doing a lot. If you want to stay up to date on what we're doing or find more information about us, visit us at www.sogmi.org. That's S-O-G-M-I dot org. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org. AM 630 KSLR. For more information on Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church, go to the program guide at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.